If you don't know me, my name's Jordan. <laughs> Carmen said my name, so hopefully you remembered that. Um, but I just wanted to kind of share with you before we get started a little bit of my history around praise and worship. Because, look, it's probably a little bit different than you would have expected maybe. You might have thought, you know, I grew up as this like natural child prodigy and just everything came easily and look, that would be a nice dream, wouldn't it? But uh, unfortunately that's not the case, but I still turned out all right, I think. But my experience is quite different because when I first started coming to church was a kid and mum and dad might not want me saying this, but uh, we definitely had a rule as a family that uh, you had to stand up for the first two songs. And then, you know, you could sit down. Because I think as a kid, I don't think we really understood what was going on. It was just a bit like, yeah, I just want to like sit down and read or do my activity or whatever it was. But it was also risky because it was in the 90s. So there were a lot of false endings. So you'd get to the end of the second song as a kid and you'd be standing and you'd be like, you know, you'd be like, you're the only one who can. You'd be like, yes. And then they'd be like, oh, it's too good. Let's keep going. You turn. And you're like, oh, I have to keep standing. And it's just, it would happen too often. And then, you know, you'd be sitting there during the third song. And sometimes you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, it's not too bad. I'm enjoying this. And then it'd be like, okay, let's do the fifth repeat of Shout to the Lord. And you'd be like, hey, I think I'm, think I'm getting done with this. Didn't really know what was happening and it's just but I think what was interesting is during that time in some ways I probably trained myself uh, to sit on the inside because I think like sometimes during the first two songs I'd be standing there but on the inside I'm sitting down and so it's not <laughs> probably wasn't doing the right thing personally all the time but it was definitely something that I was aware of that and then I as I grew I knew that I had to change because, I mean, most of you probably would have heard Pastor Chris talking about his story about when he first started coming to church. He always tells about how he would went and accosted the pastor and was like, so why do we have to do all that singing stuff? You know, like, can't we just, like, get straight to the Word? And, and look, it's interesting because my message is called Why Praise and Worship. Really, it probably could be called Why Do All the Standing and Singing and Clapping and Jumping and, like, but that's probably just a bit too long. doesn't fit with Ben's design. doesn't look nice. But, but that can be where we are sometimes. It's like, why are we doing this? You know, can we, I'm not a singer, so I just I don't feel like singing. I've got a bit of a tickle in my throat. Or, you know, I just, I don't like these songs. They're, they're not like the old hymns we used to do or the old songs we used to do. Or they're just, they're too repetitive. Like, they just say the same thing over and over again. Or they do all these woes. Like, what's a woe? That's not a word. You know, it's supposed to be about Jesus. Or it could just be, you know, we just get here and we're tired. Like, you know, could have been a hard morning, could have been a busy day already, could have been an exhausting week. doesn't have to be anything particularly challenging. I mean, we're all human. Kind of our default is to go to the negative place. So we're probably there a lot of the time as the default. So we don't need to work too hard to get there. And then, you know, so then we'll just come and we'll be like, oh, I just, I don't feel joyful. So I'm just not going to be joyful. I'm just going to be miserable instead. And so then, you know, we kind of get to that point. Where it's like, okay, well, it's just, it's just the praise bit. Like, it's just it's that throwaway part of the service. We don't, you know, like, if I was a bit late, it's fine. I didn't really miss anything because, you know, got to the real bit of the service, which is the word. So got there for that. Or maybe it's kind of, well, I got in there in time for the third song. So, you know, I got there in time for the worship and like the worship is the real part. The praise is just that thing we do before we do the real song. Um, 
But like, just want to challenge on that because like it's called praise and worship. So they kind of go hand in hand. So in Psalm 100, it says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. So you notice it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Because thanksgiving, gratitude, and praise is how we enter his gates or his courts, which really is how we enter into his presence. It's the doorway we have to walk through to get into that space. You know, thanksgiving is about what God has done then praise is about what God does. And it's about that hope and knowing that if he's done it before, he'll do it again. And then worship, when we get there, it's about who God is. It's about intimacy. But if you don't go through that praise level, you don't really get to that same worship level. And because the, the thing that, look, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not the greatest news for you, but worship is kind of easy because it's a response. You know, we're, we're there, we experience his presence, and we just respond with worship. But praise we have to decide to do. It's an action. It's something we have to actually step into and do. We don't just get to have it by default. And we know this because Isaiah 61 talks about the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So it's a garment of praise. So you actually have to put it on. It's something you have to choose to put on. You don't like when you get dressed in the morning, you choose what you're wearing. You don't just rock up and say, oh, I'm magically wearing clothes. No, you actually have to choose and physically do something. And look, thankfully, we everybody here chose to get dressed this morning. So thank you, everybody. But it's really like praise is it's about that physical posture. You have to be like the songs we do, they tend to be upbeat songs, which make you get physically active because there's something about connecting the physical motions with what happens in the spiritual realm. So when we, when we lean in, when we get that front-footed approach in worship, when we lift our hands, when we clap, when we move, it actually triggers a greater thing in our spirit that we need. Because, you know, worship, it's beautiful, but it's a bit reflective. We tend to sit back and just rest, and that's beautiful, and we need to do that. But in order to get there, we need to step through that doorway of praise, and to do that, we need to step in and actually take an action. Like, I've heard it said, the louder your praise, the deeper your worship, which is really good, but I want to be clear. When I talk about loudness, I'm not talking about noise and hype. It's not about the drums and the synths and the flashing lights, but it's about that spirit or attitude of being loud, of being bold, of being confident, of stepping into it. Because, you know, we can think it's all of this and it's not authentic because to be authentic, you know, it has to be low and moody and dark and you know and then how does that work if you're like 
Everything I have is yours. Jesus, because you gave it all, doesn't really inspire you. Kind of makes you feel a little bit depressed. Um, But that's not to say that authenticity isn't important, but it must be engaged with joyfulness. And that's being genuinely joyful. But the, the challenge is that not everybody is like that as their default. So then it's something you have to put on, which I know can seem a bit like controversial, conflicting, like you've got to put it on. It's by no means a fake it till you make it, but it's about saying, no, this is, this is the place where I am, but this is the place I'm going to step into. So it's about putting on that praise, that garment that Isaiah talked about, and then going for it. I mean, and it happens all through the Bible. Like in Psalm 103, David says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. And then again, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, satisfies your desires with good things. He's not in that psalm. He's not talking to God. He's not leading a congregation in worship. He's talking to himself. He's leading himself in worship saying, David, Jordan, Praise the Lord, all my soul, everything that is within me. Like he has to tell himself, has to remind himself, even him who's known as the most incredible worshipper through history, has to remind himself that he needs to step into praise. That it's not about that moment of spontaneous worship of just, I felt the spirit and I'm gone. But it's about making that action to be intentional with our praise. You know, if the Bible commands us to rejoice, and it does, then that must mean we're able to obey it. And, you know, we're happy to say, yeah, you know, we control our emotions, we command our emotions, but we tend to do that from a, oh, if we're going somewhere bad, we'll rein it in. But we don't actually do it proactively and say, no, I'm going to command myself in this moment that I need to be joyful. Because, like, otherwise really, like David... Are we insulting the Lord by being miserable? He, he heals our diseases. He frees us from sin. He's doing all of that. If we're not responding and actually bringing that moment of praise, is that good enough? Because, like I said, we don't have to do anything to try to be negative. It just kind of happens. And the world we live in, there's lots of heaviness. I mean, the last year has been pretty tough. And so then you'd be, you know, well within your rights and the world would say you're in your rights to say, oh, I don't feel joyful, so don't have to be. I can just do what I want. It's fine. But that's not what being a believer is. Being a believer is about being intentional to your obedience to Scripture. If the Bible says rejoice, then we should rejoice. We may not have a reason to rejoice. In Habakkuk, it's pretty depressing. It says, though the fig tree does not bud... And there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, and there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. It's pretty bad. But then it goes on to say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in my Savior. Yet, that's the word. Doesn't matter what we're going through. We need to make that step, that action to say, yet I will praise. You know, we could just be tired, worn out, emotionally exhausted. I mean, like, it's all through the psalm. So, Psalm 42.5, beautiful. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? So inspiring. 
And then later in verse 9, Oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Like, clearly they're going through something. And then Psalm 43.5, the next psalm, it literally says the same thing again. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? But if we then keep reading beyond that, the very next line says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. So it starts with heartache, with discouragement, with despair, but then it always ends up with praise. There's a turning point. It's not to say you can't be raw or honest or real with God when things aren't going well. Clearly, that's biblical. Like, <laughs> that's not something we, we can say, oh, no, you've got to just hold it all in and just be a good Christian. No, you can cry out to God, but at some point you need to turn from complaining to praising. Because if we don't, if we don't fill ourselves with praise, then we'll fill ourselves with complaining. But... The thing is, I want to really let you know, it's good news now, good news, that we can actually do this anywhere. We don't have to wait to come to church on a Sunday and have all of this to praise. I mean, last year kind of taught us that our homes can be churches. And, like, that's also not new. Like, in the... <laughs> In the apostles, like when Paul's writing to all these people, they're to churches that were happening in people's homes. It's not a new concept to make your home church. And what's really great is we all have an incredible praise and worship team in our pocket. Like, <laughs> you don't need us. Like, we're, we're good. <laughs> but, like, some of these guys are better. <laughs> um, and you've got to, you've got to, if there's playlists, like... If you're feeling tired, there's literally a playlist called Energizing Praise, which is full of inspiring, God-glorifying songs that will energize you. Or there's ones that are called Praise, but acoustic. So if you want a more chilled vibe, like no matter what your taste, there is something out there, but you just have to find it and you have to dig it up and then save it. So you've got it there when it, when it comes up. So you can start the morning strong, like wake up on your commute, listen to Praise. Sing along, like what's the worst that can happen? Somebody thinks you're weird. How many people have you seen singing in their car? Happens all the time. Does anyone know what you're singing? No? I mean, probably keep your eyes open. Don't, don't, get, too, don't get too lost in the moment. That's where praise is good because it's not um, reflective. But, you know, like start the day well. Start with praise in your mouth because if we don't make that intentional step, if we don't say in spite of my circumstances, in spite of my mood, in spite of my emotions... You know, if we don't say that, then we'll just default to the negative and to the whining and complaining. And this is where it gets real tough because we have to be wary because the opposite of praise is cynicism. And cynicism isn't good, but it's really easy to fall into. You know, in 2 Samuel 6, when, you know, it's the incredible story where David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem and then he, you know, stripped down to his undies and danced throughout the streets and like this incredible moment of praise and worship and honouring God. And then Michal, who's Saul's daughter slash David's wife, gets a bit messy in the biblical times. Like when, when he returned, he, she literally says to him, and oh, the message version is great because it's just so relevant. It's like, how wonderfully the king has distinguished himself today, Expose him, exposing himself to the eyes of the servant's maids like some burlesque street dancer. 
But David wasn't afraid. He wasn't ashamed of it. He, you know, his response was to say that in God's presence, he's going to dance all he wants. He'll dance to glory more recklessly even than this. Like he's saying, like, you, you thought this was bad? <laughs> it's going to get worse. But then most often we stop the story there and we don't actually read the last line, which is the hard line where it says that Michal, Saul's daughter, was barren for the rest of her life. And so it's that real impact where that cynicism actually restricts our fruitfulness. It shuts it down. So we've got to make sure that we don't have that spiritual barrenness that will creep in with cynicism. And that's why we need to fill our mouth with praise instead of complaining. So even though we're discouraged and, you know, there's no crops in the field or, you know, no money in your bank account or, you know, whatever it is, not enough clothes in your wardrobe, we've all got different challenges, we still need to decide that we will rejoice and we will give him praise. It's not saying that we're ignoring heartbreak or defeat, but we're turning it around that saying even with a broken heart, we can still come before God and give him the praise. When we're feeling heavy, when we're feeling depressed, do we want to stay in that place or do we need to fill our mouth with joyful, buoyant, victorious, declarative praise? So that's what I want us to do in a minute. I want us to have a bit of a practice session. We're going to practice putting on that garment of praise. We're going to practice leaning in, getting on our front foot, getting excited, even a bit controversially like lifting feet off the ground. Like we can move, we can dance, we can get into it. Whether we're tired or we don't feel like it or, you know, you're comfy in your seat or maybe you've just dozed off or, you know, kind of with all the peace and love in the world, I don't care. Like, this is what it's about. It's about having that sacrifice of praise, about saying, when I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it. And if you're not going to do it here in this place, surrounded by like-minded people who are all with you and for you and aren't going to judge you for your expression of praise, like, when are you going to do it? So we need to do it. We need to do it if we want to see that breakthrough. So just get the band up behind me. And just as they're coming up, I just also want to take a moment now before we move on. Because maybe you've never been in church before. Maybe you're watching online. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, what is he talking about? This is weird. Or maybe you've had that relationship with God before, but you know it's not something got in the way. And so I just want to give everyone here and online an opportunity to make that decision to re-acknowledge or to acknowledge for the first time God as your Lord and Savior. So if that's you and you need to know God and his promises, if you're online, there's a raise hand button in the chat and one of our team will pray with you. But if you're here, I just want us all to stand and close our eyes as we pray this together. God, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. 
please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So if that was your first time praying that this morning, then after the service, there'll be some people down here who love to pray with you and help you continue on that journey of faith with you. But now let's let's put it into practice. Let's adopt that front footed posture. You know, it's really easy. You just put one forward in front of the other and you lean. It's, it's not groundbreaking. I mean, hopefully we don't break the ground, but we'll see. But let's make the decision to put on the garment of praise because whatever you're feeling in this moment, we need to put it aside and focus on God who's worthy of all the praise and the honour. The God who, you know, as I said in Psalm, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. The God who redeems me from death and fills my life with good things. So if you're here or if you're at home, like you've got it made at home, crank up the volume and let's get involved. Come on. So... As we come together and sing, I just want you to begin to declare these promises of God over your life and over your situation. All right? Thanks, team. Let's go.